Hello, welcome to In The Pink, the podcast with me, Natalie Pinkham. Jamie Chadwick. Jamie is a racing sensation. She is making a real name for herself in the all-female lineup in the W Series, and she's recently been appointed as development driver for Williams. So she's getting invaluable experience at race weekends with them. And I managed to catch up with her at the airport coming back from the German Grand Prix. And there was a real buzz about the place because, well, it was arguably the best race of the season so far, but also Williams had just found out that they'd scored their first points of 2019, albeit because of a penalty to both Alfa Romeo cars, but it got them off the mark and it was great to have an impromptu chat with Jamie. We had a delay at the airport on our flight home, so we were able to sit down and have a glass of wine and a good old natter. I hope you enjoy hearing all about Jamie's life and her ambitions and how she feels being part of such an important, historic and loved team as Williams. Here she is, ladies and gentlemen, Jamie Chadwick. So here we are at Frankfurt Airport, most glamorous of locations. We've got a glass of wine though, which I feel is well deserved after a long weekend at the German Grand Prix. Jamie, great to see you. How are you? Just tell us how your weekend's been. I'm good, yeah. No, it's been a great weekend actually. Um, I think today, well, we didn't know we had our first points at Williams, but we just found out we did. So, um, yeah, like you said, not the glamorous, glamorous of locations at Frankfurt Airport, but there's a little bit to celebrate for Williams. And, yeah, it was a great weekend for me to be back with the team. I, sort of, I love every minute of this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was really cool for me. Can you pick up your glass and do a little toast to Williams and Robert Kubitz on the first point? There we go. I think we are possibly the only ones celebrating, uh, or us two. I think the team is still a bit despondent, but I mean, it's a step in the right direction, and I think they deserved it today, big time. I mean, I think the thing is, it isn't the way in which they would want to get their first point of the season, but you could say the same about a lot of people who had a, a lot of the drivers who had a great race today, or like a great result at least, is that you've got to take it where you can get it in Formula One, and that was a crazy race. And everything was kind of thrown up in the air and it's who kind of held their nerve and finished the race and saw the chequered flag reap the benefits. Yeah, big time. I think it was one of the messiest races I think I've ever seen in Formula 1. And I think with regards to Williams, a pit stop slightly differently and we could have maybe even got points on merit. So I think it's great. Um, obviously, I think you've got to take these little wins where you can. And for this, these guys, they're working so hard. And so for them, today I think will be a bigger deal than they realise. And actually, it's kind of reassuring in a strange way that when I spoke to George afterwards, he, he actually wasn't happy because he was like, no, we could and should have done more. But he's, as I say, he completed what was an incredibly messy race that both cars could have been taken out at any point. They didn't, they held their nerve. And in a season that has been long and very tough on everyone at Williams, that in itself was a huge achievement. Oh, big time. I think you're completely spot on there. I think for both drivers to finish... Uh, without any issues over the whole race I think we saw how difficult the conditions were today so even for them in the car even with little issues that they had and they weren't comfortable with they still managed to keep on the island and finish the race so I think honestly I've been really impressed with the way things have gone this weekend Um, I thought even it's quite cool for me because I normally sit in the garage with a headset on but I got to sit on the pit wall and so I was exposed to a whole new world that engineers that I'd not experienced before so I think from my point of view I sort of opened my eyes to how much these guys do and 
actually, yeah, when you get a result like you've got today um, and for them having had the tough season they've had, it does make a big difference. And, yeah, hopefully the rest of the season can sort of continue in that direction. What did you learn today? Christ, honestly, so much. I think the main thing in Formula, well, for me anyway, racing and whatever I'm racing in, you don't get exposure to this kind of stuff. And I, to be honest, I don't think the drivers need to know everything. But if you put a headset on and actually listen to how Formula One teams operate, it is unbelievable. And so for me to kind of just get a glimpse of that and get an insight as to what they're going through and how it all works, it's so useful for me to be able to take that and try and put a little bit of it into place when I go back and do what I'm doing. It's interesting because I went to the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix with my husband as a guest of Red Bull. So I was completely... um, seeing it from a very different yeah it wasn't in work mode and it was really it was so interesting just to listen to Red Bull's team radio and just isolate them in a race focus entirely on them and what they were doing and it did give me such an interesting insight into the workings of a team yeah honestly I don't think anyone kind of gets it or appreciates it nearly enough I think when you actually like you said see it from a spectator's point of view but that's fully immersed in a team you realise it's unbelievable honestly they've obviously got all the guys that they've got there working um, at the track but they've also got a load of people at the factory um, working on different things there that are sort of in communication via radio so every now and then you're hearing different voices from all sorts of places in the world so it's, it's incredible I think it's amazing what our sport is and yeah for me to be able to obviously get access to that's just a massive bonus so just reflect on us reflect for us if you will on when you got asked to be part of the Williams setup and the huge honour that must have been? Yeah, so it's all kind of happened quite quickly. I mean, I've known Claire sort of on and off for a long time. Um, I've sort of always updated her with what I've been up to, but there had never really been an opportunity for me at Williams. But she had always sort of kept an eye on what I was doing. And yeah, when I first um, decided to do the W Series, I don't think um, she was fully on board with the idea of it. So she came out to Hockenheim. Uh, with her husband Mark. Mark and I had had conversations prior to the weekend and um, yeah after the first race it was kind of agreed that we'd look at doing something and yeah a development role academy driver uh, style um, role would be available to me if I wanted to do it and of course for me that was just dream come true so yeah all came about quite quickly after that and yeah ever since it's been amazing to actually make that first step with the team I'm doing a lot of simulator work at the moment, but also to come to the race weekends like this, it's really, really cool. It's such an honour when you consider the history of Williams. Claire is such a great champion of other women, isn't she? Like she's, she's all about the sisterhood. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I don't think I appreciated it nearly enough until I've actually joined the team. Um, honestly, as a role model goes, she's fantastic. And really... But what she's doing with the team now, um, I think, is the most impressive thing because it's not easy for her. She's not being gifted anything on a plate. She's got to do the hard work. And from for me to see that and her to even mentor me as well, uh, it's so cool. And alongside that, I think the first race I did was Silverstone. It was Frank's 50th anniversary. And really, when you see the history of that team, to be a part of it is just such an honour. Now, listen, I've got my back to our departure gate, so can you keep an eye on things? It's delayed at the moment, isn't it? I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon, sadly. Oh, just snuggling, snuggling. Of red wine. Very nice. Um, now, let's talk about you and, and your career and the trajectory that you're currently on. Is is really exciting. And, you know, I've followed your career and, 
you've been guests on Sky Sports many times over the years, and we've always, you know, had our eye on you. That this this fresh new talent, female talent, it's very exciting for everyone. But now it really feels like it's coming to a point where you're being able to show the world just what you've got and where you deserve to be. Is that how it feels to you? Yeah, it does. I think the last six months, especially, I, I don't know for whatever reason, right time, right place. Um, it just feels like it's accelerated 10 times and yeah it's those kind of, sort of trajectories like you're saying you can go along your whole career so sort of just making little steps and sometimes you know what you want to achieve but it almost seems unrealistic because you're not making the steps you want to make mm. and really I would say yeah in the last six months that step has just been uh, starting to happen and suddenly you've got one hand on uh, looking at something that was a dream uh, could potentially be a reality and yeah, I, I'm so happy with the way um, things have, pa- have panned out. Like I said, a lot of being in the right place at the right time. But yeah, it's great for me and it's great for women in motorsport as well. Um, I think the opportunities are just getting that much greater. And yeah, I feel like I'm in a good place right now with that. Did you ever doubt that the W Series would give you that platform? Or, or from the off, did you know such a great calibre of people involved in it that you knew that this, this was something special? Yeah, it's funny you should say that, because honestly, when um, it was first launched, I was a bit sceptical. Then I think we went to the first test and still a little bit sceptical. I was unsure as to how it would be received and what they were going to do with it. And it wasn't long after that. I think the test after that um, was the first assessment process, sorry, in Melk uh, in Austria. And then I was like, no, this is going to be really cool and this is going to be what I want to be involved with and the standard of drivers and the standard of the people that were you know organizing it everyone behind the scenes I think it obviously took uh, a lot longer for it to be in the public eye and a lot of skeptics before that but when it was actually launched I think people realized that this is something that is going to be a game changer in motorsport and I think the way they've done it's been really impressive so yeah I've honestly got no doubts now Um, it's probably the best decision I made in my career to get involved with it and yeah it's fantastic for well I think for me but also for the other 19 female racing drivers that are on the grid Do you feel you've improved as a driver and if so how? I do actually Um, I get asked this question a lot and a lot of people ask me how tough it is and the reason I say that is because I think very typical racing driver there's always an excuse or there's always like an escape route um, in pretty much everything I've raced in with the W Series, that's not there at all because we're all sharing engineers, we switch cars each weekend, we share data. So there's no real kind of, oh, well, he or she's in a better car than me or they've got a better team, they've done X, Y, Z. That's all eradicated. So for me to gain an advantage and be my best on that day, I almost have to better myself that much more. And it's quite a mentally intense environment. You're all together a lot of the time. And so from that side of things and dealing with the pressure, I feel like I've had to, yeah, definitely better myself. And is your main competitor Alice Powell? Is she kind of your, your, your toughest competition? Yeah, so Alice has come on strong. She um, had a couple of really unfortunate weekends, uh, a couple of DNFs, more or less not her own fault. But, um, yeah, my moment going into the last race is between myself and a Dutch girl called Bytskavisa. Uh, Baitska, another girl had some good opportunities when she was younger but unfortunately just didn't have the opportunity to continue racing in single seaters um, so it's BMW contracted now but yeah, it's come back into it and it's come back in very strong so she's keeping me honest but yeah, we've only got one race to go so fingers crossed 
And that's the Brands Hatch, isn't it? It is, yeah, home race, which is nice. That's going to be awesome. And presumably you'll have a lot of media attention and there should be, you know, quite a good atmosphere around there. Yeah, honestly, I cannot wait. Um, I think I also cannot wait, but I also just want to go and do the race because that's the main, the main bit that I want to focus on. But, yeah, I think the W Series, they put on a great show and they've invited a lot of people down. Uh, I've got a lot of family and friends coming down as well, so... Yeah, hopefully I haven't drinks it and fingers crossed we can do what we need to do. And then what are the next steps? Do you, do you anticipate that you'll do this again next year or do you hope that you'll do more work with Williams? Uh, I mean, what, what are the, I mean, if the phone could ring tomorrow, obviously it would be, oh, hang on, this could be our flight. Ms Chadwick and Ms Pinkham, <laughs> stop drinking your wine and get on this flight. <laughs> No, I tell you what, it's so funny when you come on back on these flights in F1 because you, um, I don't know how you feel, but you are surrounded by F1 people. And then you get on the flight and you probably nod off because you're absolutely knackered. It's been a long weekend. And then you get to the other end and you're bleary-eyed, you're feeling rough. And it's all the F1 people again. And you're like, hello, uh, hello, making small talk. thinking, I just want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just want a cold shower and get into your own bed. But I'm not to say, not to say it isn't brilliant. In a way, it's lovely because you kind of um, decompress and you pick apart the race together and it's yeah, yeah. it's your way of kind of coming down from what has been a, you know a lot of adrenaline over the weekend yeah it's an interesting one I've not actually been on one of these kind of F1 flights um, I've had it with well, W Series and Formula E before where you literally get on a flight and it is the pit lane yeah. and yeah there is not anyone that you look at and you don't recognise and it's good actually because these guys all have like travel kits so I can work out who's who's from uh, F1 and who's not, so I'm not just going to ignore someone that I've spent a whole weekend with. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's, I know exactly what you mean. I think from my point of view, my favourite thing to do after a weekend is get away from it, shut off completely, because, yeah, otherwise it becomes your life and it is quite intense. But, yeah, it's quite nice because I guess everyone here in the airport gets to maybe have a beer and debrief, with, debrief about the weekend. Before we got distracted by the tannoy, I was asking about next steps. So what do you think? Yeah, so I think... I honestly don't know um, right now. I think whatever I do, I want to make the logical step. Um, w Series now offer super license points, which is a big, big bonus. It wasn't something I was looking at maybe doing next year, but now that does make a difference. And obviously it's free to enter, so I don't have to go out finding crazy amounts of sponsorship because I can focus on what I need to with the W Series. And yeah. In terms of the support I have with Williams, that's hopefully ongoing and something that I really, really do relish. And then, obviously, I've got a relationship with Aston Martin as well, so that's another bonus that I want to sort of continue to um, exploit, exploit and, um, yeah, relish next year. You know, I can't see why anyone wouldn't want you. Honestly, you're fast, you're female, you're great with everybody, you're feet are very much firmly on the ground don't go changing for by now. the way for, oh, now, yeah. for now I know yeah. this is the wrong glass of red wine um, <laughs> diva yeah. why is my flight delayed where is my private jet oh listen I've okay. seen many a petulant little uh, moment in an airport but that's normally from people in our team no I'm only joking um, okay take us back give us some context as to why you are where you are today when did you first realize and want to go into racing when did you realize you had a talent for it for example yeah it's an interesting question because I think you know as well as I do in our world motorsports quite often it's a bit of an insular sport and it's one you only really fall into if 
don't know your parents were into it before or take you go-karting or whatever and for me it was very different um, my parents weren't involved in the sport at all it was my older brother that went go-karting for the first time um, that kind of brought it back to the family for the first time and next thing you know a bit of sibling rivalry and I wanted to go and I was at 12 years old so relatively old in motorsport yeah. terms um, you're signing for Toro Rosso as I well yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what was I doing um, yeah so 12 years old and I loved it for the first time I had a, quite a different sporting background so I was always into sports but motorsport quite quickly uh, turned my head and yeah I think it was all very natural from there like my parents didn't ever force me to do it if anything they're probably like what are you doing can we stop this it's madness um, and yeah for my whole sort of career it's just I did what the opportunities sort of presented to me and yeah I kind of just hopped my way through there was no clear pathway there was no realistic route to F1 I remember I saw Louise Goodman the other day and um, we, I was doing, apparently I did some media training with her when I was doing Jeff Juniors and I was 14 and apparently my dad took me in and my dad said this will never be a career for them about my brother and I but just you know it's good training <laughs> and so now obviously I remind him of that because at the time like we never thought it was going to be a career we never thought it was going to be anything beyond just a hobby so yeah but now me to be able to turn something I just loved doing and enjoyed into a profession is yeah I can't complain at all and what about your brother what does he do now so yeah he doesn't race anymore um yeah, I'm flying the flag for the Chadwicks now um yeah he's gone into business separately um but yeah for me it's um something that I've always tried to pursue and fortunately I've had a lot of opportunities that have allowed me to do that and hopefully he's drumming up a bit of sponsorship for you whilst we speak uh, what does he make of what you're doing with your life uh, he's very supportive. I mean, he raced until maybe two, three years ago, so um, he's fairly current. He knows... It's nice, actually, because my parents, as lovely as they are, they don't always get it, and it is a world that is confusing. And I think when I've had a good race or a bad race, you know, my mum's my biggest fan, and doesn't matter what I've done. If I've come last, I've done a good job, which is the most annoying thing for me. Yeah. And my dad doesn't get it, but tries to. And so when I've got my brother there that I can actually just pick yeah, up the phone to yeah. and have a proper debrief with, um, it does make a big difference. That's called parental unconditional love. As a mum, you don't care <laughs> yeah. what your child has done. You adore <laughs> them. But it's so funny because I obviously feel the same about my kids and I always remember growing up with my mum. And I, whatever I'd done, she'd be so immensely proud. Like, Come on, mum, you know, be a bit more critical. Yeah, yeah, but they can't, they can't. It's not in, it's not in a mum's DNA. You think that's a nice thing, but as any sports person, you're like, no, I've not done a good job today. Stop telling me I have. So. You need your mother's unconditional love. That's, that's, the, that's your roots and wings in life. Um, so when did you start realising, actually, I'm pretty bloody good at this, and if I make the right decisions, I can start building a career? Honestly, like, not until maybe I was 16. So not, like, not early days. Early days it was just, I did it, I loved it, and it was great. Um, I didn't think that was going to be what I was going to do for a living. It was, it was never realistic, if that makes sense. I was always kind of racing in sports cars, and, yeah, I was like, oh, maybe I could be a factory driver for a sports car team but something like Formula One was never on the table and when I was 16 um, I was racing with Aston Martin and then it was like actually this could maybe turn into something a bit more and then it wasn't until uh, when I was 18 that I first or 17, 18 that I first started in single seaters so really quite late in terms of when I realised that this could actually be 
a future for me. What do you think your parents wanted or thought you would do? Honestly, I don't know. Uh, this is why I am really lucky. My parents never forced me into to doing anything. They, if I wanted to do something, they would have supported me regardless. Um, I think they always knew that I loved sport and I was going to probably try to make it in some sport. I think when I was younger, I did want to be a skier and they're like, well, we can't ship you out to Switzerland for half the year. So, um, But they would have like done their best to support whatever I wanted to have done. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really lucky in that sense. Um, they probably wish that I'm maybe like a lawyer and making loads of money and funding their retirement. But <laughs> You will be, don't you worry about that. What, what else are you good at? Like, are you brainy? Or do you, do you, would you like potentially a career in law when you're much, much older? Um, no, no, <laughs> to be honest. I, I, no, I would love to say yes. I, I, like, I really enjoyed school, actually, um, for all the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> But what did you enjoy about school? The naughty stuff? like No, I, I just hung out with my friends, basically, and then yeah. went racing at the weekends, right. so it was quite fun. So you didn't really enjoy school, you enjoyed no, no, your mates no, and racing. Yeah. And then I played sport, and it was just fun. Yeah. But, yeah, in terms of, like, academics, like, I got through school quite, like, without any issues, but I never really had the work ethic to really go far in terms of yeah, being a lawyer or anything like that. I was always the one that was trying to play sport or do something different, and, yeah, I think I always had a knack with sport, but... Um, yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I wasn't a racing driver. It's a bit of a scary question, actually. Now, I remember... Well, you don't have to think about that at the moment. You know, <laughs> the, the future's looking pretty bright. I remember you talking to me uh, a year or two ago about Lando Norris and the fact that, you know, similar age and you, that, you, that you were a similar ability, a similar talent, which I think... OK, look, you're being modest now, but you were getting similar times to him. Um, but you weren't getting the similar amount of track time. Now that you're doing W Series, do you feel like you are clocking up sufficient amount of laps to get the experience that Lando has? Yeah, and I think that's the bit that people don't see with our sport, and I'm claiming victim with this, but actually there are so many examples of people that are in a far worse situation than me where... Sorry to interrupt, that is a dog that you can hear at the airport, which is kind of weird. does listen to this podcast, I really want answers as to why dogs are allowed on aeroplanes, and if that is allowed, then I'm taking my dog with me everywhere. Okay, well, can I tell you that I went to Mexico um, at the beginning of last year for a shoot, and there was a dog on the flight next to me and it was because the lady his owner had epilepsy and the dog has an uncanny ability to detect when a fit is about to happen because that I was at, I'm, as a massive dog lover that is amazing and I support guided dogs for the blind I'm just crazy about dogs this just blew me away that this dog was able had a sixth sense and was able to warn the staff on the plane that his owner might have a fit done i'm sold on that that's the best thing i've ever heard isn't it that's i just love that that's why dogs are the best you just they can't really are wrong. i mean that's just i don't think that, that dog sounds a bit yappy to be fair i don't think that yeah. one's detecting any no, epilepsy no, no our, do- our dog didn't bark at all in fact in fact it even wore a nappy in case it did needed a poo on the flight oh, it, it, it had a nappy. that could go wrong having a dog on a flight no. i think there is a good reason why they're not normally allowed yeah but it's even when, like, if you ever see dogs on the tube, like, everyone's so miserable on the tube, but then you see a dog and it just makes your day. What were we talking about before? Sorry, I've just taken you completely off on a tangent. Uh, we were talking about uh, Lando Norris track time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was saying, I think like, there are people that are in a far worse situation than me, but genuinely, so I race against Lando and Janetta Juniors, and for the first half of the year, I beat him more or less, and then second half of the year after 
arguably more seat time he came on a lot stronger and I think I've kind of gone through my career just doing what I thought was from not coming from maybe a racing background not well managed um, a season in F3 and I was like well how come I can't compete with XYZ and actually it's because I've done however many days less and Mm. or not the only reason but it was a contributing factor and this was the first year where my manager actually said to me he's like put the odds in your favor let's go do a winter championship let's go take you out to Middle East in December uh, January February and do a load of racing in the winter let's go uh, do whatever you're going to do next year and we'll put the odds in my favor for one year and we went out did that winter championship we won out there um, and then I went into W Series so much better prepared than I've ever been prepared for anything and it's already made such a difference yeah. and I think that's like you're saying where the W Series will make a difference because you're getting that more or extra track time now everyone's on an equal um, in the series and it's fantastic What do you feel when you see Lando and he is having a great season okay the German Grand Prix is one to forget for him but he, he's done incredibly well hasn't he how, how do you feel when you see him excelling in that way, you're a bit jealous or do you feel kind of motivated because you can see that he's going places and it means you can too? Motivated, definitely. Um, when I see it, I, I realise that, you know, it is achievable. Um, he's got come from, um, you know, he is a superstar and an incredible good job, incredibly good job this year. There we go. Might have... Oh, they keep calling people, but just not us. Never mind. Um, anyway, uh, he's done an incredibly good job, and I, no denying that. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think from my point of view, you've got the young guys coming up through. Mm. You've got George, Alex, Lando, and it shows how strong junior motorsport is at the mm. moment. So I know if I can comp- if I can, p- can perform in F3, F2, whatever it is, I can perform in F1, yeah. and that's a really nice, reassuring thing to know. Yeah. I've said it so many times, but I really love this young generation of drivers. Lando is just fantastic. Alex, George, they're an absolute pleasure to interview. They all have a laugh together. It's almost like they go, you know what, we are living the dream, and they're grateful for that. I really hope none of them change because they're just lovely young men who are funny, they get on very well together, and they're making the most of it. They're all performing really well. Yeah, exactly. And I think there is something to be said about both of that. I think you can get to Formula One and obviously I've not got to that point, but it's an intense environment and you can change yourself and worsen yourself because of the pressure and the intense environment that you're in. Whereas those three seem to have taken it all in their stride. And even George, like, uh, it's been so impressive following him around uh, at Williams because, yeah, he stepped up, obviously. He stepped up to the job that he's got at Williams, but he's also not changed, and I think that's the main thing, and that's why he's not... Uh, well, obviously, the Williams isn't maybe giving him the best results, but he's still managing to outperform his much more experienced teammate. Listen, Jamie, it's so lovely to see you. Your red wine is looking rather low. Might go and buy you another one. Oh, no, no. You are an athlete, a professional and an athlete. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go and get you one of those green shakes. Thank you for your time. And listen, we're all going to be watching your progress with um, yeah, huge interest and, and lots of love and support going forward. No, thank you. It's been nice to catch up. You filled my time very nicely here at there Frankfurt Airport, so it's perfect. Team New Frankfurt could be so much fun. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. No worries. So, what did you think 
called Jamie. I mean, I loved having a really impromptu chat because they're often the best ones just to hear people at their rawest and no rehearsals and no editing, just them chatting. And I think Jamie is brilliant at it. You know, she's a natural. I've known her for some time. She's come in on loads of Sky Sports shows um, to talk about her ambitions in racing. And it's just so fantastic to see them finally materialising and her career really looks on to be set on a very positive, powerful and upward trajectory. So good luck to Jamie. Um, let us know what you think. Let us know who you'd like to hear from. Rate, review, subscribe. And thank you for listening to In The Pink. It's been great to have your company. This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favourite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. This is Not a Drake Podcast is a new series from CBC Podcasts that uses seminal moments in Drake's career to explore the history and evolution of hip-hop, R&B, and black culture and unpacks how rap is evolving with shifts in gender dynamics. It's also about the rapper who's blurred genres and dominated the world stage and the larger hip-hop movement that made him. You can subscribe to This Is Not a Drake Podcast on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.